Hello, happy holidays, and welcome back to another episode of The Whole Heffin Show, your NXT recap and analysis with Jeremy Jimenez, your host. And I wish everyone a happy, healthy new year and happy holidays if for whatever you are celebrating at this time of year. Um, this week, we're going to cover... NXT's Christmas episode, unusually stacked for a holiday episode, and I'm going to take a little look at the NXT awards, give a case of who I would pick and why. So let's go on with the whole heffin show. Mm. Welcome back. Um, this week's NXT episode, which aired on Christmas, was pre-taped. It was not a live show. Um, and they had an interesting format with um, studio hosts, Kathy Kelly, Pat McAfee, and Sam Roberts. Um, and it looks like they're going to be doing a similar format for the next year's, or next week's New Year's episode. Um, Anyway, some of the matches were taped down at Full Sail and had Morrow and Nigel commentating. And some matches were taped, I'm guessing, at a house show at uh, Barclays Center over in Brooklyn, New York, with Beth Phoenix and Tom Phillips announcing. Um, quick quick um, point on the announcers. Um, Morrow, we all know how great he is. Nigel works um quite well with it, pretty much everyone they put him with um and tom phillips has been doing nxt uk since vic joseph moved over to raw um one person that doesn't really get a lot of mention was is beth phoenix um since she's been added over the summer to the nxt announce team um she's done quite well i would argue that she has um, easily as good or better than Renee Young was over on um, the main rosters announcing. So if you're, they were looking for a female voice, they had someone in-house the whole time that could do it. And um, so just wanted to point that out. Beth Phoenix has done a remarkable job since she's come in on the announce team. Um, and she works fairly well with Nigel and Mora on the NXT broadcasts. Um, anyway, let's go over the show. Um, the show um, was interesting. It's a holiday episode, so you're not expecting much. But we got a lot of quality wrestling on this show. Um, that was paced by our first match, which was a North American title defense by Roderick Strong. And they were hyping a... Um, Surprise opponent, which turned out to be the formal Evolved champion, Austin Theory, who was signed a few months ago to NXT. Um, my only exposure to Austin Theory was the Evolved 10th Anniversary special over the summer. Um, I was fairly impressed then, and he was impressive in this match as well. Um, Roddy works pretty well with everyone I see him in the ring with. And he seems to be a good ring general. And um thing with Theory, uh, you can tell he's still he's still learning, he's still young, but he's already picked up a lot of the nuances. 
So, I was th- thinking while watching this match, he would be a good understudy for for the um, undisputed era, or like a henchman type for for them, as he grows and develops his character. Um, I think he was playing a face here, but I think he seems more like a more natural heel. Um, he seems to have a little bit of a cocky attitude to him. And he just um, exudes cocky heel to me. But um, anyways, good back and forth match. Some um, decent painful looking spots. Um, he had a... Um, Austin Theory hit, hit a nice um, torture rack um, into a powerbomb spot. Um, I don't think that's his finisher, but it looks like it could be a nice setup move or something similar to the way Sami Zayn uses the blue thunderbomb. I think that could be work for him. Um, I remember he used his finisher in the Evolve special. I forget what exactly it was called. But um, I remember it being unique, but I wasn't like wowed, but it was definitely a unique move. Either way... um, Rod, Roderick Strong wound up winning this with um, end of heartache and then making Austin Theory tap out to the stronghold, which is basically the walls of Jericho. Um, or actually, the lion, bleh, what do they call it? The lion tamer finisher that Jericho used to use back in WCW. It's basically the same thing. Um, but. It's nice to see them add a submission finisher to Roddy's um, move set that he's used in the past. He just hasn't um, used as a finisher too much. Um, and this was a match that really didn't have too much consequence. Just um, exposing a new talent to television. And everything that goes into that and introducing the NXT audience, some of whom may not be watching, even though it looks like they pulled a good number for Christmas. Something like 840,000 or something like that, which is quite impressive for a holiday. Um, But yeah, just getting Austin some television time, some experience dealing with television and that would not be the only he would not be the only per, new, fairly new signee that got that exposure tonight. We'll go over the other one later. Um and then they did some stuff with the studio with um Pat McAfee and Sam Roberts going at it. I got to be honest, I'm not a Sam Roberts fan. He just comes off to me like a complete jerk. And I'm pretty sure McAfee would love to kick his teeth in. And I almost want to see that happen. Poor Kathy Kelly stuck in the middle between those two. Looking quite cute in that pantsuit, by the way. But they were all in matching red for the holidays. Um, anyway, um, we'll move on to the next match. Um, there were six matches in total, I think, on this card. And I just got to make sure I don't jumble them up. Um, next match was a match in Brooklyn with uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott against Gentleman Jack Gallagher. Um, kind of a 205 live match more than, um, NXT. Um, as far as this went, um, another good back and forth match. Um, 
Gallagher was working on Swerve's arm for much of it, um, even though Swerve wound up getting the win in the end. And he's got a, his um, house call jumping kick finisher. It's definitely a little different. And it looks like something that he can pretty much hit on anyone. I know he won against Bronson Reed a few weeks back with that move. Um, Gentleman Jack Gallagher is an interesting character at this point. He's been around a couple years, mostly on 205 Live. Um, what When he came out originally, he had that umbrella the William that he named William. And they went through like a couple of them that broke. So he was up to like the William the Third, I think, when they stopped using the umbrella gimmick. Tried to try him out as a heel, and then he's going back and forth a couple times. I think he's kind of healing right uh, right now. I remember on Two Hundred Five Live a few weeks ago, he um, headbutted um, Drake Maverick, who's the GM of Two Hundred Five Live, out of frustration because honestly, he hasn't won too many matches, even though he's a technical savant in the ring. But either way, he's, his losses continue. I wouldn't be shocked if he winds up getting cut in the near future, even though I think he he adds quite a bit to the show. Somebody's got to lose. Even though I'd like to see him get a cruiserweight run at some point. Um, Swerve has a bright future. Uh, he's got a natural charisma about him, and... He's got the ring skills already, so I think his he's just really working on his character and wait, biding his time to really move up the card, I think. Um, anyway, be back with some more recap. Okay, welcome back. Um, we're continuing our overview of the Christmas episode of NXT. Um, the third match on the card was a women's match with, um, Candice LeRae taking on Tanara. Um, good match. Um, this match really highlighted something that Candice LeRae brings to the table that not all the women do. Not only is she good at making herself look good, she's making, she's very good at making others look good as well. Very valuable thing to have on the roster. Um, Tanara looked quite good in defeat here. And a lot of it, I think, is um, just Candace selling for her and making her look look quite good. Um, in the end, Candace um, got, got the win as, as expected. She's kind of... Um, She's not the focal point in in the women's division, but she's definitely a strong, um, strong uh, presence in it. I remember, she's the one who survived war games with Rhea Ripley. Um, she had um, the DQ um, win over Dakota Kai the um, episode after, and um, and she wasn't. Well, I guess she was technically eliminated, but not really in Survivor Series. Um, but I, I think um, they're keeping her strong. They, they want to. They definitely want her in the upper echelon mix with the women, 
and having um Tenara um go against her is only gonna help Tenara. Um I think um Tenara is gonna be a big focal point in the next group of women coming up. So it's um we just got gotta get a look at her. She's gotta get her reps in, probably going around the coconut circuit. And she's been she's been here a couple years now, and she's definitely better than when she started. Um, key thing is she still looks like a million bucks. Um, she, the Latinas do it better thing. It's something. Um, speaking of Brazilians, um, after this match, they had, um, a, um, video package for Arturo Ruas, the former Adrian Jude, who's, um, uh, has several black belts in several different martial arts, which is, of course, part of the um, point of this video package. Um, be interesting to see how they use and incorporate him in the future. I know he's been working with Evolve some. Um, he did have a match um, a couple months ago, losing to Matt Riddle. But, um, yeah, we'll see what the future holds for him. It looks like they're about to get serious with... Mr. Ruas. Um, next match uh, on the card was our big, tall, lanky Croatian buddy Dominic Dijakovic going against Bronson Reed. Um, uh, big, hard, good, hard-hitting match with um, two big guys. I noticed something with Bronson Reed um, in this match. I think. He would be best served not as a singles wrestler, but probably as the power guy in a tag team or faction. I think that might wind up being where he goes in the future. Um, but he's he's sound in the ring, so at least he seems to be. But I think his character will best be served in either as either the muscle of a group or a, the muscle of a tag team. Um, as for Dominic, he's building up his reputation with his impressive showings and impressive feats of athleticism for someone 6'7", 270, and can do springboard moonsaults and all those funky moves, and just stand, stand apart for course, um, consistent action from him. In this match where he did win, um, he used a di different uh, finisher than his usual Feast or Eyes finisher. Did um, a choke power bomb off the the ropes. Reed was on the was um in the corner on on the ropes and he pulled him off the ropes and turned it into a power bomb one two three that way. Anyway, the next match was another um highlight of someone up and coming who has not been on television at least not on wwe tv yet um it was a bianca belair versus shotzi blackheart um shotzi has built up a quite a reputation in the independent circuit um she was in um tna for a little while she, she had a showing on the evolve special even though i thought her opponent had a better showing on that but she's been more consistent throughout the indies and um she has a unique look green hair that tattooed up um and she's apparently 
one of those people that are quite nice outside the ring, so everyone likes him, likes her. And she still came out with her um, horned helmet from the Indies. So, so as of right now, they are, have not changed her character as of yet. Which um, is interesting, because if they keep that character, that's would be interesting to see what they do with it. Because um, she definitely has the um, skills and athletic moveset to hang with everyone here. And, like, Bianca didn't have to slow down or anything like that for Shotzi here. So this was a good showing for Bianca as well. Um, probably one of her better showings... Um, Shotzi has more experience than Bianca, but um, it looks like they were letting each other lead through the match instead of Bianca having to be led through it as much. So she might be developing that um, thing that um, it took a while for like Charlotte to develop to where, where she can control a match and control the pace and all that. Because um, what's one of the things I've seen with Bianca's matches is she usually lets her opponent control the pace and lead her through. So if she's learning, if she's figuring out how to lead matches instead, that could be ma a major upside for her development. I was thinking for a while that she might need to like go on to another brand, maybe feud with like a Natty or a Becky to really... um develop that but if she is developing that that's a very good sign I gotta remember Bianca is a freak athlete but she had no um wrestling experience getting coming into WWE so it may have taken some time maybe she's she's figuring out the nuances um because your athleticism is only going to take you so far and I think we're at the peak of where, as far as where her athleticism is going to go, it's time for her to figure out the ins and out the nuances of being in the squared circle as she figures out her character. Um, I'm starting to think that the EST character may wind up being a better face character than heel character. Um, we'll see how that goes in time. I mean, most cocky characters, they're, or braggadocious characters, are heels. Um, but I just don't get the impression that Bianca is, is a natural heel. Um, she's, I just get the impression that she's actually quite nice and <laughs> pleasant to be around kind of person. So she might wind up being a more natural face. But I guess in time we will know. And um, I think that was the other, all the matches up to the main event, um, which was um, more of a fun match, even though it was high quality. Um, and that featured... Damian Priest teaming up with 205 Live's Tony Nese going up against Keith Lee and Leo Rush. Um, like I said, good fun match. Everyone worked quite well together. Um, really the biggest thing in this match was towards the end. Um, Keith Lee and Leo Rush, Leo Rush came out with a plate of cookies and Keith Lee had a Santa hat on. 
and there was a um point in the match after um I think Keith Lee got tagged and then um Damian Trees threw him out to the outside and then he was in the corner doing his arrow um his faking thr- faking shooting a bow and arrow at Leo Rush like he was about to hit a move. And then they recreated the um gif worthy spot in the corner from a few weeks ago with Keith Lee rising up to confront um Finn Bauer. This time he rose up to confront Damian Priest wearing a Santa hat. That's gonna be a gif. If it's not already. And then took control of the match there. Um, there's some power moves with Tony Nese on the outside. And then um, Damian Priest tried to do a um, one of those Tope Con Hilos. Um, jumping out to the outside. Suicide die with a flip. And Keith Lee caught him in midair. Damian Priest is about 6'5". And about 250. Keith Lee caught this man in midair and swung him into um, Tony Lee's on the barricade. He threw him in. He hit some um, that jackhammer that I like to call the limit break. I don't know why they're not calling it that. I don't know. Squaresoft has some kind of um, copyrights on that name from the Final Fantasy series, but. Um, then Leo Rush tagged in and did his final hour frog splash off of Keith Lee's soldier shoulders onto Tony Nese to get the one, two, three. So everyone goes home happy. Um, so that's a recap of the Christmas episode of NXT. Um, nothing really nothing consequential happening. You get a couple people um, Austin Theory and Shotzi Blackheart, um, recent signees, you get them some TV experience and an, an introduction to the TV crowd, the TV audience. Both those shows, um, both those matches took place on the NX or the full sale part of the show. And, um, yeah, um, so you just got good wrestling, which and um, weren't really advancing storylines. Um, they did announce that um, Worlds Collide, which they've been pushing for the last couple weeks. Um, anyway, the main event of Worlds Collide is going to be the Undisputed Era, Era versus Imperium. So that should be interesting. Um, they're going to reveal winners next week of um, the NXT Awards. And the brackets for the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. And I think um, I got the impression that they're going to air a couple of their big matches from 2019 next week. So there might not be an actual live show um, from Full Sail next week. Everyone might still be on holiday. Which is fine. They have plenty of great matches they can pick from. They can a couple of Cole versus Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano matches. They can re-air war games. They can re-air several women's standout matches. I, um, thinking of um, Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae from the um, takeover around SummerSlam. And yeah, so that'll be next week's episode. We'll see how that all clips out. And um. Gonna check on um, NXT awards and who I would pick next. Mm-hmm.
Welcome back. Um, so the NXT awards are currently happening. I think you go to WWE.com and vote for them, that or Twitter. And use hashtags to um, count your votes. Um, that's going on till the 29th of December, which is Sunday. So if you haven't voted, um, check, check on that and get your votes in. Um, couple things, um, that I've noticed, um, looking through the WWE social media, NXT social media, um, it seems like they have a revolving door for their breakout award, or NXT breakout star of the year awards, um, so I guess they've combined this with rookie of the year, um, and... Yeah, because I, I saw that because I don't consider Keith Lee or Dakota Kai rookies because they, they came around last year. Um, injuries kind of slowed up their um, progress in NXT. But they then their breakouts really haven't happened until the last three to four months, basically since Kai's return in uh, September. And Kai's return is linked to Tegan Knox's debut slash return. She debuted in the May, second May Young Classic, but got hurt in that May Young Classic. And still one of the scariest injuries I've ever seen in in a wrestling ring. It's not the Sid injury, but it came pretty close. Like when that happened, you saw, you knew it. And her craziness decides, still tried to continue the match, which is one of the reasons I love Tika Knox, because she is gritty as hell. But that's neither here nor there. Um, and, and then the breakout stars, who else is on there? Kushida's um, listed on there. Swerve Scott, Cameron Grimes, Bronson Reed. Uh, I might be forgetting a couple. I don't have the list right in front of me. Um, but if I'm really looking for a true breakout star of the year, um, I get the feeling Kushida's going to win it, but I would probably have to go with Keith Lee. I mean, especially that, I mean, that series of matches with, um, Dijakovic really helped put both of them on the map. I think Dijakovic's on this as well, but Keith Lee... Especially when Survivor Series Invasion came around, he stood out in very good ways. So, I mean, I love using the gif of him pouncing Adam Cole into the crowd and him rising up to stop Finn Bauer. Those are definite gift-worthy things that I like to use on social media. And so I think he's going to wind up winning the breakout star of the year. Um, one interesting um, category is tag team of the year. Um, probably the only real criticism of NXT is that the tag teams seem to have taken a backseat recently. They were a big focus for a good year or two with the rise of DIY. Well, first, um, the Revival, DIY, AOP at that time. And then that transition to Sanity in the Undisputed Era. Um, but 
basically the main the Raw and SmackDown pillaging NXT uh, tag teams as they got hot happened earlier in the year with right, right after Mania with um they were at the time um the War Raiders now the Viking Raiders and then it happened again in the summer with the Street Profits so NXT was trying to hitch their wagons to a couple tag teams there and both times the main roster came calling, which um, is great for those guys. I mean, I heart Street Profits a lot. I think, especially Angela Dawkins' story is amazing because he was grounded out in NXT for a good like six or seven years. I think he got hired at the same time as Charlotte. Don't quote me on that, but I mean, he stuck it out. He found he finally found a gimmick, found the right partner. And wrote it and and improved because he didn't he came from um, amateur wrestling so he stayed in NXT until he got good at his craft and is killing it on Raw now so good for them both of those teams um Viking Raiders War Raiders and um, Street Profits are up for the NXT Tag Team of the Year award. And I, I'm leaning towards Street Profits, even though I think Undisputed Era is going to wind up taking that award. Um, they were a team all year. Bobby Fish actually stayed healthy for most of it. Um, other teams, um, on to be perfectly honest, because they're adding NXT UK to this too, and I saw um, the Welsh team, Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews, are on this as well as um, the Grizzled Young Veterans Zach Gibson and James Drake and the Grizzle Young veterans were probably the most consistent team in NXT because every everyone they get in the ring with they have a great match with so I would consider them as my personal choice for um best match um or best tag team of the year um I didn't touch on NXT UK it was just a um Recap of the year build and building up towards NXT Blackpool or U NXT UK Blackpool Two coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, we'll be focusing on that when when it comes. But that was NXT UK's episode this week. Um, and let me see. Um, I think it's male supers. Oh, match of the year. There's a few match of the year candidates, but you gotta go. You gotta go to the big guys for match of the year. And Honestly, you can choose a few good matches between um, Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole, but the triple or the um, two out of three falls match that ended with the cage was incredible. That match was, when you combine all three falls, it was probably a good hour, and those those two beat the tar at each other. And almost, I don't think there was really any anything botched of note, and they worked smoothly together. Um, the ending with the two falling off the top of the cage and Adam Cole serendipitously falling in a way to pin Johnny Gargano was quite awesome. Um, I was partial to War Games, both of them, especially that, that women's War Games with the stories told in that match. And... Um, I mentioned um, Yoshirai 
and Candice LeRae damn near stealing that um, SummerSlam takeover until that main event. Um, Johnny Gargano, um, the first um, three falls match on WrestleMania weekend where he won the title was another standout match. And when Adam Cole won the title from um, Johnny at TakeOver 25 was another one. Um, there's standout matches every week on NXT TV. But um, really nothing that truly steals like that two out of three falls match that ended with the cage match. Um, that was something to be seen if you haven't seen it yet. So that's my choice. For NXT match of the year. Um, another match for NXT. From the UK. Actually two matches. From the UK. Um, the Cardiff show. the um, Their takeover. Um, the tag team triple threat. Where Andrews and Webster won the titles. Deserves praise. And Walter. Retaining over. Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate showed out in that match. Um. And what were the other categories? Oh, oh, male, female, superstar of the year. Um, let's see. Um, let's start with the men first. Male superstar of the year. There's a lot of good ones, but in my opinion, Adam Cole shines above all the others. He they gave him the reins in June. He's held or whatever whatever month that they had that. Um, take over 25 um, it was really between him and Johnny Gargano for this and I think um, Adam Cole holding down the whole second half of the year with stellar match after stellar match and being what you everything you ask for from a champion and I think he is definitely the male superstar of the year um, Johnny Gargano makes a good case as well. It's a damn shame that he couldn't, they couldn't properly end the, um, Champa Gargano feud because of, um, Champa's injury. Um, Champa deserves, Tomasa Champa deserves all the credit in the world for coming back from that neck injury in, what, six or seven months? Neck, coming back from that neck surgery. And he's been doing a good job since he came back, holding the fort down while Johnny was um hurt for a little bit those last couple months. Um, Velveteen Dream was on a good pace until he got hurt. Roderick Strong has been good, strong all year. Um, Riddle's been strong all year, even though I'm still not sold on his gimmick completely. I mean, the, the guy shows out in the ring. Um, Walters held down NXT UK since he came in, debuted in January. Then in over, um, WrestleMania weekend in April, they had him, um, end Pete Dunne's 685, I think, um, day title reign. And since then, Pete's moved over to NXT. He's done well, but I can go over most of the roster and probably make some kind of good case for, for, them being superstars of the year, but Adam Cole has been the rock 
He is the one with the broad shoulders that they have built NXT's expansion onto USA Network on. So he gets the cake for male superstar of the year. Um, female superstar of the year. Um, so many women try and steal the shows. It's incredible. Um, and I want, and I want to say Shayna Baszler, um, cause she had the championship for mo almost the entire year. Um, but she had some matches that I thought, um, were a little, weren't quite as good as they could be. I'm thinking of, um, the Bianca Belair title defense, um, that was a f kind of a, like a flaw in both their games. They're both two people that tend to let their opponents lead. So that one, they had a little bit of a clash, but they once they figured out what they were doing, they, they did pretty well. And that was probably Bianca's first um, time really stepping up the, to the plate and delivering a good match. Um, Shayna had the... Um, WrestleMania weekend, I think, was the um, triple threat title defense between Bianca, with her, Bianca, and Io Shirai. And then they had the um, steel, steel cage match with Io. Um, that was actually performed quite well with her. Um, that was where Io turned on um, Candice LeRae when Candice tried to help her. And um, then she had the match with Mia Yim. Um, and I, I heart Mia a lot, but, um, I thought that match was a little slow. And then, um, Shayna had, um, the SummerSlam main event where she came out on top of, against Becky and Bailey. Um, I think that match had that result because I don't think Shayna's going to be in NXT much longer. I think Shayna is going to move over to Raw. And challenge Bailey in a pro or not Bailey on um, Becky Lynch in a program that will probably culminate at WrestleMania. Um, that's if Ronda if that's Ronda Rousey's not coming back. Shayna Baszler, I think, is going to be um, moved over to challenge Becky Lynch. But she did she held down NXT pretty well. But I gotta look at everything with NXT UK and. Um, so I have to mention, um, first off, um, current champion Kaylee Ray's done a pretty good job since she's won the title. I didn't think she, I didn't think they were going to give her the title, but they did. I thought Tony Storm was doing a slam bang job as champion. Um, she won it from Rhea Ripley, who then transitioned into a program with Piper Niven that turned out to be a long long-term storyline of turning Rhea into a babyface. So, um, and then soon after the turn, two babyface happened over in NXT UK. She showed up on NXT here in the States and challenged, immediately challenged Shayna Baszler and, was, and the crowd immediately loved it. And um, then with the move to USA, they started building her more slowly. And then um, with the NXT invasion, 
everything got kicked into overdrive, and Rhea has knocked every challenge that has been put in front of her out at the park, including winning the title um, on the December 18th um, episode of NXT. So, for overall body of work, I, Rhea has to be considered... I think I just made the case for myself. <laughs> I think I would give it to Rhea over um, Shayna Baszler for her work in NXT UK as well as NXT second half of the year. Um, they She started with um, being the dominant heel for a few months over in the UK, being the inaugural women's champion, and then um, that was just to build it up for Tony Storm, who's probably going to be one of the faces of women's wrestling in the future. But she'll be there right along with Rhea Ripley and Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox, Mia Yim, those kind of people. They're all going to be huge faces in women's wrestling in the next couple years. Um... That's main women. Then I think there's an overall superstar of the year, which um, really comes to... Is it Rhea, Shayna, Adam Cole, or Johnny Gargano? I gotta give it to Adam Cole on that one. He's held down NXT for the whole year. Or for this whole second half of the year. He was the... Flag bearer when they made the big move to television. So that is my speculation on who I would pick for the NXT awards. Okay. And I'll come back with a little more analysis. One moment. Okay, welcome back. Uh... Gonna wrap this up for this week's holiday episode of the whole Heffin show. Um, I did want to speculate a little bit on where things are going with a couple people. Um, if you listen to the show, you know I'm a big fan of the NXT women's division. And um, last week, I know they did an interview with um, Dakota Kai and the King. She's going after the women's championship. Then Rhea won the title. So I'm thinking that there's going to be a confrontation between Dakota Kai and Rhea Ripley in the not-too-distant future, possibly by next takeover. Um, But what happens when those two clash is very speculative because there is someone we haven't seen in really a month and a half since Dakota turned on her, and that's Tegan Knox. So I assume she's doing coconut circuit work, but um, she's been pretty active on Twitter, but she's not really saying too much about what she's doing wrestling-wise. Uh, I haven't heard anything about her actually being injured, but it seems like the NXT... Um, powers that be are biding their time on bringing back Tegan. So I'm thinking that when that Dakota is going to work her way up to a title match 
And when that title match is gonna happen with Rhea, that may be where Tegan shows up. Either that, or I'm assuming that NXT is gonna be more involved than usual in the Women's Royal Rumble. And they may start the confrontation or that proper feud at the Royal Rumble. Having um, Dakota come in and then have Tegan come up or just show up and and eliminate her from the Rumble or something like that. But I think um, when the confrontation with Dakota and the title happens... I'm thinking they build it up to like a no disqualification match. Rhea talks her into it. And then when the match happens, there's gonna you know, they they go they do their stuff for a while. Eventually, first Candice LeRae, then Mia Yim shows up. Basically everyone Dakota screwed over when she turned on Tegan. Show show up. And, so first Candace, then Mia, then Tegan shows up. And I'm thinking this is going to be like a no DQ match. And they all get their pound of flesh on her. Um, whether that happens or not, we will see. But other than that, I wish everyone a happy new year. Happy holidays to you from Jeremy Jimenez over here at the compound for the whole heffin show.